Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson, and I am still on the floor of my bedroom closet, which means this is another edition of The Introvert's Guide to the Good Life, which is our series on how to make the best of your more-at-home-than-usual life. Our guest today is our good friend Heather Haverleski. She writes the Ask Polly advice column for New York Magazine. What a time to write an advice column. I asked her about what she does, especially on days when she's feeling low. And she told me sometimes she just has to do a little cooking. And I'm like, I'm just making cinnamon rolls. I think I made that clear. (laughs) Don't I sound like someone that everyone should get their wisdom from? I'm going to talk with Heather about the importance of vulnerability, why right now might actually be a great time to make some new friends, and what it's like writing an advice column during these weird, weird times. Hey, Heather. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) People have the easiest problems to solve right now. Greta, it's great. Uh, Yeah, so yeah, the last time you and I talked was like early April. You did book club with us. Uh, We did a check-in in in mid-March too. That was when I asked you about like what kind of COVID-19 questions you were getting. It was still early enough in the pandemic and you were postponing things enough that you hadn't like actually checked the inbox at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did see you recently wrote something that was titled, How Do I Survive This Ongoing Hell? So I assume you (laughs) have been answering pandemic questions lately. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's interesting is all of the usual problems now just have pandemic baked right into them. Mm -hmm. As we know from such experiences as all our usual problems having the (laughs) pandemic baked right into them. (laughs) so it's just that baked in flavor that you need and love so much (sighs) so yeah does that mean that like writing an advice column actually isn't that different except that everything is just like considerably worse than it was before i'm gonna say i was pretty avoidant around answering questions about the pandemic for a while and during that time it was hard in some ways to be an advice columnist because I didn't, I was avoiding the, uh, the, the elephant in the room, if you will. Um, and then I avoided the pandemic in general, 100%. Mm -hmm. I avoided Mm -hmm. the news about it. I avoided talking to anyone about it. I avoided, and actually that was a highlight of the pandemic for me. (laughs) I was pretty happy (laughs) during that time. Um, and now we're reaching a new phase where really all I do all day long is yell in strange, you know, Southern accents uh, around the house. I think I'm losing my mind, I think is really what I'm trying to say. So, you know, I feel like 
my whole thing is like, yeah, you have permission to do this just however you can. And so does everybody else. I mean, I I think that's <laughs> totally fair and makes complete sense. I Embrace I just wonder mediocrity. like Embrace mediocrity. Right. That's what I like do, does that mean we're all lowering the bar? Mm, maybe, but you know, there are opportunities afforded by lowering the bar, I'd say. Um, what do you mean? Well, okay. First of all, there are people who never really learned how to be good to themselves ever because they're just on a schedule. They go to their job away from home. They just have their schedules and they're like, you got to do better. You're striving, you're reaching new heights. You're, you know, your life is just packed with stuff and there's no, yeah, there's it, no real time to reflect. Right. It reminds me of the article I saw maybe last week about like uh, how many people focus on success as opposed to being happy. Yes, exactly. And in fact, I had a conversation with my kids about two weeks ago where I basically was kind of being a jerk and I was because I was in a bad mood and I was sort of talking about, you know, every now and then as a parent, you find yourself harshing on your kids for no reason, just because you're in a shitty mood. It's not a, sure. a, your finest hour, but it happens sometimes. It happens, <laughs> sure. And I had to stop myself because the, the message that I was sending was, all that matters is being productive and you haven't been productive enough hmm. my, to my oldest daughter. And it was sort of like, what the hell am I saying? I'm not even, I'm not even trying to live that way right now myself. And I had to back it way up because the thing is both of my kids are really extremely self-motivated and they're, they are hard on themselves also. So yeah. I, it's really my job to say, why don't you just relax and get a, get a C you know, like that, I feel like that's my, you know, place in their life very much. That's my role. So I had to completely reroute the whole conversation and say, you know what, that this is, this is bullshit. The, the truth of the matter is you, all you should think about when you wake up the morning is how am I going to enjoy this day? Because that's the big challenge of where we are. And I, I, you, you know, you have an opportunity to actually figure out what you enjoy doing right now. And you have a little extra time to figure it out. And and that's what that should be your project. So you mentioned there are two words that I think is really that are I think are similar but different. And I'm curious if you can help distinguish between them for people, which is the distinction between avoidance and acceptance. <sighs> avoidance is like a word that I have been overusing bec lately because I feel like there's something about this moment that brings out the avoidant in all of us. Yeah. You know, there are times it's, it's interesting because there, you know, you can be socially avoidant under these conditions, which is strange because you can, you crave social contact, but then you get used to not having it. And then little social contact things come up and you're like, I don't want to do that. You know, yeah, it's almost totally. like, yeah. I know. And now I'm used to being in my cave. Leave me alone. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I dug the hole. I'm sitting in it. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, and then, it, so, so avoidance for me feels like being in, being con feeling conflicted about what you love in some ways, right? It's mm -hmm. not just avoiding the things you don't want when you're really avoidant. You also yeah. avoid the things that you love the most. 
the things that you know will make you feel better? Well, sort of make you, that you know will make you feel, if you knew they'd make you feel better, you would probably wouldn't be avoiding them. Like there are times when you avoid people you love the most because you just can't handle the stakes, right? Like similarly projects that you're just like, I know this is it. I love this. I totally want to do this. It's easy to avoid because it's like, what if I get in there and I'm not that good at it? You know, there are a million reasons are, Oh, what if it's just an embarrassment? What if people don't like what I make? Um, so I'd say that it's not just something that you know will help. Sometimes it's just like something that you just love like crazy is an easy thing to avoid. So there's that. And then acceptance is more like, you know, showing up empty handed, vulnerable and honoring the connection you have to the things that matter to you right? Hmm. Including Mm -hmm. the connection you have to imperfect things. I mean, everything is imperfect, right? So you're honoring your connection to your friends that you care about. You're honoring your connection to your work. You're honoring your, see how bored I sound? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you can tell where I am. Boring. (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) Are you doing anything that you feel like or do you have any kind of things that you're like, okay, this is my big experiment thing that I'm going to do while the world is shitty? No, I don't. No, I mean, I think for me, the thing I've been wrestling with a little more lately is like the, for me, the pattern of being depressed and feeling lonely and not reaching out to anyone about it. Yeah. And and then feeling extra lonely because nobody has like randomly thought to get in touch with me that day. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like being proactive and realizing that there are like plenty of people out there who would be more than happy to be there for me, whatever that means right now. Mm -hmm. If I just communicated that I had a need for it, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, Is like that's real. Being able to say, okay, I need a little of your time actually. Yeah. And it might be about me for a little bit and then we can switch. The problem is, is that a lot of people don't, I think in this situation, a lot of people are learning about mutuality really quickly, but a lot of people don't really understand how to have an extremely thoughtfully mutual friendship. Yeah. Like, like you tend to kind of, I think that there tend to be like, even, even though roles, yeah. Roles within the friendship, like even your friend who's like, I'm the, you, like, I have some friends who are sort of take the narcissist role in the friendship and I take the listener role and vice versa. Yeah. You know, like I have yep. other friendships where I'm like, I'm the one who talks, talks, talks. Um, <laughs> and I only have a few friendships where it's just inc- very clear that we're both very thought. Usually it's like two huge talkers who are just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. who are just like, okay. Like, I know I have to limit myself and I know I it's my turn it. and then it's your turn. And we'll, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is something really beautiful about those. And yeah, I feel like when I, when it hit me last month, I didn't, it was like a solid week and I didn't really, I didn't really talk to anybody about it until after it had kind of passed. Yeah. You know, and then to think about like, I wonder how that week would have felt different if I had like actually when I was in it reached out to people you know? Yeah. Yeah. I had a week where I was really vulnerable and I reached out to people consciously. I was like, I'm 
just going to walk into the just void with a few people. And one, you know, one was like a pretty mm-hmm. new friendship. I mean, sometimes newer friendships are better for that in some, you know, or they kind of yeah. suit that mood a little bit. Yeah. Because I used to always say, call people when you feel like you might cry. Like, that's good. It's good for them. It's good for you. And yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's tough. I don't think that everyone, sh- you know, I used to kind of just feel like that's a friend, someone who can deal with you crying. But I, but I don't know that that's, I don't know. I mean, I just think that different friendships have different dynamics and it's, it pays to kind of feel it out, I guess, and to just be present to what's there and to sort of, it's a time where you have these conversations with people that are really different than the conversations you've ever had with them. Right. On every, like everybody, right? Yeah. Because we're all going through this weird shit. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. And it's, there's no way around it. I mean, I kind of love that. It just, the, the, the thing is, I think for you, when you talk about what would it have looked like if I showed up while I was feeling bad? I think that's honestly like the heart of where we are is like, how do I show up and be present around other people without seeming to be on top of my shit? You know, like how do I show up and just seem a little bit collapsed and broken and vulnerable and like confused because there's no way not to be confused right now, you know? Yeah. It's confusing every day, you know, just to not know what the future holds. Yeah, that uncertainty thing, man, is brutal. Like when, when is this ongoing hell actually going to be over? My daughter asked me that question. What did you tell her? I said, I am trying not to ask myself that question. She said, "Do, do you have a, I said, I don't know. And she said, do you have a guess? And I said, I'm trying not to guess, <laughs> you know, and she just got this look on her face. Like, that's not you, you know, you love guessing. Really? Huh? Yeah. And I was like, oh Jesus, you know, it must seem really dark. You know, I wrote something yeah. about this. Actually, I wrote an ask Molly about this that um, I have to edit a few times before I put it up. Cause I'm a perfectionist, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's really, there's nothing darker for a kid than when, a known character acts out of character. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's hard. It's hard to you want to guess, but guessing, we, as we've quickly learned, is um, dis- that disappointment is too. Um, it's too much to bear, right? Having any expectations at all at this moment is hard. <laughs> um, so we only have a couple minutes left before the Zoom thing dies out. But okay. um, and like. Obviously, this is like a weird, horrible, complicated time. Um, And there's no end in sight, but we need to find an end in sight to this conversation. And I do like what are some bright spots for you right now? Well, my kids are really have been amazingly resilient. That's huge. I also have a lot of tomatoes. I grew tomatoes like months ago and we're just swimming in tomatoes now, which is pretty awesome. And I think I went through this phase of just like wanting to just talk to friends all day. And now I'm kind of like really in my family and loving it. But I do, I want to add the friend thing because I think if you're living alone, 
mm-hmm. you know? I think it's a really good time to make new friends. It sounds like a crazy, it sounds like a crazy thing, but I think it's a really good time to propose, hey, you know, like I don't, I've always kind of wanted to know you better. Let's get on Zoom and chat or yeah, let's, yeah. or, you know, let's send letters to each other. I made a new friend through uh, my boss at work. She was just like, oh, you should know so-and-so. And now we call each other sometimes and we also send emails to each other and her writing is I mean she's a writer her writing is so amazing but she'll just be telling me about you know her husband's family and it's just like incredible it's just I, it's like getting letters kind of you know I love so, that so trying new things and sticking your neck out a lot and experimenting like I'm trying to learn new things I'm trying to trying to learn new information right at a slow pace I'm trying to make new friends, even under these circumstances, and I'm trying to just uh, live in new ways. Um, And that those things are working. They're working. It's not every day. Do you feel like it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And for you, it's it's, you know, reaching out to people when you feel like shit, I think. Yeah. It's not waiting till I'm done feeling like shit. For sure. Yeah. That'll be good. Be Don't be good. such a soldier, <laughs> Retta. Oh, thanks, Heather. I appreciate that. Sergeant Greta. <laughs> Just write Sergeant Greta on your wall, <laughs> and then you'll you'll know. Be vulnerable. You know, like vulnerability is yeah, a, is a virtue. Real. You know, it's a virtue. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Um, Heather, thank you. So You're the best. talking to you. I would talk to you all day long, Greta. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Take care. Heather Haverleski is the advice columnist for New York Magazine, and she is so real, which I really appreciate about her. And I also really appreciate the ideas that she brought up because we should all try to be more vulnerable. And I love the idea of like, just sticking your neck out a little, you know, like if you're in a position to try it, try it. All right, one more thing you don't want to miss in just a minute. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So today is August 8th, and on this day, in two very different years, in two very different places, two women made history as athletes. First, in 1948, Fanny Blonkers Kuhn, a Dutch track and field runner, won four gold medals at the London Olympics. She was the first woman ever to have won four golds, let alone in like one Olympics. She was 30 years old, which was considered very old at the time. She had two children, which was considered very wild at the time to be an athlete having had two kids. And this is like the super amazing part. She was also three months pregnant. They called her the Flying Housewife. The first woman to do so in the history of the game. 
And the International Association of Athletics Federations actually declared her the female athlete of the 20th century. Then, on August 8th, 1987, a lady named Lynn Cox became the first person to swim the Bering Strait. She hopped in the water in Alaska and then swam her way over to Soviet Russia in near freezing water wearing just a swimsuit. I'm a little bit cold right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very, very glad to be here. USSR leader Mikhail Gorbachev came to the U.S. to sign the INF Missile Treaty later that year, and he mentioned Lynn in his toast, saying she helped prove the two world powers could get along. Last summer, it took a daring American girl by the name of Lynn Cox a mere two hours to swim the distance separating our two countries. By her courage, she showed how close to each other our two peoples live. Lynn is obviously awesome, and she actually has a great quote that I think is especially relevant to what Heather was talking about, too, especially during these very strange times. So in Lynn's book, Open Water Swimming Manual, Lynn wrote, it's better to be undertrained and rested than overtrained and tired. And if that doesn't mean like chill out and be okay with getting a C, I don't know what does. Pretty good, right? All right, that's it for today. The show is produced by me and Justin Bull. Our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak, and we will see you next week. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Macs and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.